What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a fantastic episode. It's my honor to welcome Jack Spear. He's a journalist, news anchor with a long and distinguished career at NPR. On top of that, he's a TEDx speaker and a foundation board member of SAG-AFTRA. How are you today, Jack? I'm great, John. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Jack, I had the honor of sharing the stage with you back in February, and you gave a fantastic TEDx talk where you actually got us to to sing. I mean, that was so much fun, and I don't think I've ever seen a TEDx talk do that before. Yeah, I, I think I thought about that long and hard, and I was debating, do I, do I attempt to sing during my TEDx <laughs> talk, or should I not? And I, that was very much a last-minute kind of thing. I had it worked into the TEDx, but I thought, well, if I chicken out and don't think I can even come close to being on key, I won't do it. <laughs> and I great. just decided, hey, you know what? Why not? Oh, I loved it. And it made that uh, particular speech so memorable. And, Jack, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I mean, you, you do so many things, and you're also teaching. I should mention you're teaching at the Cary Business School at Johns Hopkins. So, so excited to have you on. So, Jack— so how did you get into journalism? You know, it, the way that I got into journalism is sort of interesting because I ended up – I did not end up where I had envisioned myself being when I started. Uh, I was in high school and then college in the 70s. And, of course, that was a time when everybody wanted to be Woodward and Bernstein, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I thought, oh, I'll be a newspaper reporter. And, uh, you know, everybody saw that movie, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, all hey, the presidents. I want to be a – I want to be a journalist. And so I went to a small college, a state school in Pennsylvania, and they had originally told me they were going to have a print journalism major. And when I got there, uh, lo and behold, they didn't. And they hadn't, they were saying it might be ready in another year or two. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay, well, I got to do something. So they, they, they were, they basically told me as a freshman, well, you could go down the hall and you can either be an English major or you can be a speech communications major. Mm-hmm. And at that time, speech communications was split into two distinctive schools, one of which was speech and, and hearing, and one of which was radio and television. Mm. And I thought, well, all right, I guess I don't want to just be an English major. I'll try this radio and television. <laughs> and I started working at the college radio station and did a little bit of television work when I was in college and kind of went from there and never Never went back to the newspaper side. Wow. And ha- I mean, growing up, did you ever envision that this is what you would do? I always thought that I would be in journalism. I think I did always know that I wanted to be a journalist. And, and when I was in college, I actually had interned at um, by the time I was a junior, I interned at an all news radio station in Pittsburgh. So I think I had a pretty good idea that I wanted to be doing that kind of work. But I don't think I had sp- sp- specified what exactly I would be, yeah. what, what part of it I would be working in. And then talk a little bit about how you got involved with NPR. Well, um, I had been working here in Washington, D.C. as a local news anchor for radio. And then after that, I began doing business journalism in the probably in the mid to early 90s. I started as a business doing work as a business reporter. I did do some writing for the Washington Business Journal, but I mostly handled their radio. Mm-hmm. And television. And I sort of built that up. And NPR actually came to me because they wanted to start a morning business segment on Morning Edition 
when Bob Edwards was still hosting mm-hmm. and came to me and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, sure, I'll come in and talk to you about it. And I came in and talked to him about it. And then months went by and I never heard anything. And I was actually in Italy and I thought this was in October and I thought, gee, I should probably find out what's going on. And I called them and they said, uh, yeah, when you get back from Italy, come in and we'll talk to you. So oh, that wow. was sort of it. And I've been there 20 years. Oh, fantastic. And I mean, and Jack, talk a little bit about how you got into teaching and, and what you're doing with Cary Business School, because I think that's pretty awesome as well. So teaching was a whole different avenue for me. And I did not know necessarily that I wanted to teach. But throughout the course of my career in radio and television, I got opportunities to talk to students a fair amount. Mm-hmm. And I decided, oh, this is pretty neat. I like this. And I'd always wanted to get my MA. And as a correspondent, I was a business correspondent for the first 10 years of my time at NPR. So I traveled a lot. So there really was no way for me to do that. And then in about 2007, 2008, Corey Flintoff, as I like to joke, went over the wall mm. and became a foreign correspondent and went to Moscow. Mm. And so they said, well, how would you feel about anchoring the hourly news on all things considered. And it, initially, I think it was sort of proposed as a temporary gig, and it sort of morphed into a more permanent thing. Mm-hmm. And I think initially, I thought, oh, well, I'll do this for a while. But I'd done a lot of anchoring, and I did like reporting, and I did like the being a correspondent. But once I started to get into anchoring again, I sort of decided I liked that too, and they really wanted me to stay there. And so then I started thinking, well, what can I do that I wasn't able to do before? And one of the things I was able to do was go get my MA in journalism from the University of Maryland, which I did in 2013 and finished in 2013. Oh, wow. So I may have been one of the older J school students (laughs) at the University of Maryland. Coming in with a lot of experience, though. But I felt, you know, it's something I wanted to do. And I thought, well, why am I doing this? And I I thought, because I wanted to teach. And I knew I had to have an an MA to teach. So that was really what motivated me. And I had two children going to college in within a year or two of that time. So I thought, if I don't do this now, I will never do it. Yeah. So I went and did it and finished before my first one started college, and he just graduated. Oh, so congratulations. Went that's out and went halfway through. Oh, that's great. So, Jack, I mean, considering your fantastic career in journalism and now you're teaching, what would you say is your big why? What drives you every day? I think what drives me, John, is getting up every morning and finding out what's going on in the world and trying to present news and information to a, to an audience in a way that that's interesting, compelling. There's just so many, there are so many things about being in, in the journalism field that are, it's like a lifelong learning experience. And I, and I think an academic can relate to that in a way too, but you're constantly learning new things. You're constantly doing things. You're constantly meeting people. You're having dialogues, you're having conversations, you're getting out into the world. Um, and, and you're, and you're, painting a story and you're telling telling a story and, and creating a compelling narrative, which is sort of what my TEDx talk was about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we will actually have that TEDx talk linked in the write-up. So Jack, I love the two sides of your big why, just being informed of what's going on in the world and sharing it uh, with those who are your audience, your listeners, your followers. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you face these days in achieving that big goal? Well, it certainly is, as you are well aware, and just by this conversation, people can figure this out. The technology and the various platforms out there have just blown up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing the number of things that we have now that we didn't have when I started. You know, I talk to J school students all the time and I'm like, they're saying, well, it's hard to get into 
you know, the business and radio and TV are sometimes somewhat exclusive and I can't break in. And I said, well, that's all true. And I said, you're not going to start the way that I did, which was work for a teeny station and then go to a slightly bigger station and then go to a bigger station and then Washington and then the network. But I said, the way that you have to get in and the resources you have and the platforms you have are so much different than, than what I had when I started. There was no internet, at least commercial right. internet. I think the outlets and the various platforms that today's journalism students have available to them are so much different. They have the internet, as I mentioned, they have the ability to podcast, they can blog. Uh, it's much more easy to manipulate video and shoot high quality video mm -hmm. than it was. I tell the story to my students about how when I was in television in the 80s, they would send us out on a story. And let's say we went out on a boat or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would have a cameraman with me. And, of course, and we'd have a fifty dollars to $75,000 television camera. And we were had the backing of a multi-million dollar TV station with towers and, and regularly uh, you know, scheduled news broadcasts and all that kind of thing. And we were basically told, hey, you can go out and do this story, but if you lose that camera, don't come back. <laughs> and now you can go out with your phone, yeah. shoot better video than I could shoot with, or that my camera person could shoot with that $50,000 camera all those years ago. And you can broadcast it via the Internet so you can create your own audience with high-quality tools that were no, in no way available to me. In fact, the barriers to entry to the professions were so high in – in, in that kind of, when you look at it that way, the barriers to entry were huge to get into television and yeah. into radio. You can have your own facilities to broadcast. Now anyone can be a broadcaster anywhere in the world. Yeah. And Jack, let me ask you from someone who is in the profession. And as you mentioned, there's so, so many technology applications and there's so many avenues available. Does that make your job easier or does that, I imagine that in some ways must make your job more challenging, kind of keeping up with all these different platforms. It does. And the thing about, which, which is one thing that's helpful about NPR is we are really very active in terms of exploring all of these different platforms and technologies. I think NPR has some of the top 10 podcasts. Mm -hmm. We have a whole visual staff, and you'll be like, well, why would NPR on the radio have a visual staff? Well, obviously, because we also do web build-outs with pictures and video and all these other items that weren't done when I started. I mean, when I started, you basically did the radio or you did television. Yeah, And I, and I sort of went back and forth between both, but I wasn't working on blogging. I wasn't shooting video. I wasn't doing uh, podcasts like yours. I wasn't doing a whole lot of, of outside kind of work with all the different media platforms you have. So to answer your question, I think it makes it a little harder in some ways, but I think it makes it a lot more exciting. Mm. And I think it opens up opportunities to young people that they did not have when I started. So for all the changes that have occurred in my profession, the sort of shrinking of radio news departments at the local level, the, the kind of falling, the problems television has had in the last 10, 15 years at the local level, those are all true, but there are so many alternate avenues to get there that weren't there when I started that I, that I mean, I think it's very exciting. Yeah. And I love the message that you're sharing with Moving Forward listeners that you can get started the barriers to entry are so much easier than they used to be. So moving forward, listeners, I hope you're getting inspired if you want to start that content. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's so true that, that you can get into all these things now with, with a minimum amount of expense and 
things that you could never have done. You really literally did have to have a multi-million dollar TV station or a multi-million dollar radio station 20, 30 years ago for anybody to hear you. And now everybody, it, it's become much more democratized. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So Jack, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Sure. I'm, I'm not sure what the knowledge burst session <laughs> is, but I know you're going to tell me. Absolutely. So this is just basically short answer, quick burst questions and tips that can inspire our listeners to move forward. So Jack, I'm excited to ask you, and this may be a hard one, but pick one and share with our listeners. Do you have a favorite media source? And it can be a book. It can be a news source. It could be a movie, something that has inspired you to move forward. Well, I think there's a lot of things that have inspired me to move forward. But I think certainly I, I mentioned all, all the president's men and the, the movie about Watergate. That was hugely inspirational to me. Some of the novels uh, about people who went out and did things, including, you know, Jack Kerouac's On the Road and a mm. whole bunch of other uh, kinds of stories like that were inspirational in their own ways. And, you know, I guess Hunter H. Thompson was inspirational in his own way. Those were all things that were going on when I started in the business. And they were actually looking at, at new forms of journalism. I'm Tom Wolfe and other people were were looking at what was going to happen in the future. And I think they were already realizing that the establishment media, quote unquote, the legacy media that people like to talk about was changing in in ways even then. And looking ahead, I think those are all things that inspired me to do what I do and to sort of move forward in my career and and be open about the changes that that occur as you, as your work. I think you have to be open about open to change. I think it's somewhat natural for people at times to be resistant to change because you become used to things. But I think that can be a problem, in, especially in journalism and, and in all facets of life at this point. I think people need to be open to, to the new technologies that will help move you forward. I love it. Jack, speaking of which, I'm going to ask you, as someone who is so busy and manages so many different responsibilities, do you have a favorite technology tool or do you have a productivity practice that you use that's been really helpful for you? Well, I, the productivity practice that is helpful for me is getting up every morning and starting to just get online and look and see what's in the major newspapers, see what's going on around the globe. I, I look at the New York Times. I look at the Washington Post. I look at the Wall Street Journal. Every once in a while, I get to look at the Financial Times. I have access to a lot of different publications, and I check all of those and try to figure out what's happening with the world at any given time based on, on those publications. But I find that the mornings for me are extremely productive. It's generally fairly quiet. I can get a lot of stuff done and the ability to get things done during that period has helped me a lot. I do most of my research, most of my writing in the morning and, and that's all been helpful. I, I love it. Great, great share. Jack, I'm excited to ask you. So what is one small choice or activity you're going to make today? Either you made it this morning or you're going to make it after our conversation. Share with our listeners one choice or activity that you're going to make to move forward. Well, I think one activity that I'm working on right now that I'm very excited about, which I'm going to be doing a little bit more of, is I am talking to all of the founding members, the founding people at NPR about their experiences and their experiences, by the way, in bringing the union into national public radio back in the 70s and organizing at a time when it probably wasn't as easy to do. And uh, so I'm talking to all the kind of founding members uh, of that 
group, Bob Edwards and Nina Totenberg and Linda Wertheimer. And I think just having this, these interviews, which I'm doing, I'm doing video of, of all these folks. I think just having those interviews is going to be extremely valuable. And I, and I, and I like kind of saving some of those things. Oh, absolutely. That people will look at years from now and say, wow, that's, that's very interesting what they were thinking about at the time they were doing these things. Almost like a, a digital time capsule, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. A digital time capsule. That's a great analogy. And I, I think one of the things that I've sort of tried to do. I love it. Absolutely love it. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Jack, you ready to do a little time travel? Sure. We're going to step into a time machine. We're going to set the date for five years from today. You're going to meet your future self. Tell me, who is Jack in 2023? Hmm, interesting question. Um, I, I don't think in 2023, which is five years from now, I'll necessarily be doing everything that I'm doing today. I, uh, as I told you, I think there's a lot, of transforma- a lot of transformation going on in the media business. There's a lot of change. <laughs> I imagine it, I will probably be doing some teaching. Uh, I hope to be working on some projects that I'm still involved in. I think I will be doing something in media as well. I don't know that it will look like exactly like what I'm doing today. I, the Things in media tend to always survive longer than you think, John. Yeah. And so it's hard to make a prediction. I mean, I would have told you when I started my career that I would not be in radio because I thought radio was pretty old fashioned when I started. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, gee, radios, you know, I'll do this and then I'll do television, right? That's what everybody was going to do at that point. And that's still what a lot of students think they're going to do. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll go from radio and I'll do TV. But actually, radio has had a huge amount of staying power. Absolutely. And there's a reason for it. It's because it's extremely portable. Uh, it goes across all these multiple platforms, including what we're doing right now. And it's had immense staying power for that reason because – what was initially just viewed as transmitting uh, something over the air from a radio tower has evolved into the ability to globally communicate using sound and using video too to some extent. But I think the sound portion has been has been ubiquitous and shows up all over the place. And it is essentially still like doing radio. You're just doing it differently. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think in five years, probably radio will probably still be around. TV will be around. I'll be doing some radio, whether I'll be doing the hourly newscasts in five years, I don't know. Whether there'll be an hourly newscast in five years is certainly an open question. I think the the technology is changing so rapidly, it's very hard to predict what will be happening. But I think I'll be doing something in media. I think I'll be doing some teaching. And I'll be in some way involved with with what's happening in terms of news and the coverage of news. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Jack, how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you on social media? Um, I'm pretty available on social media. I definitely have a Twitter page, Jack Spear One, at Twitter at Jack Spear One, uh, LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty accessible, and I, I generally look at social media as a way to amplify the things that you're doing. I look at them differently. I use them all as as most people probably do. I use them all differently, and I use them for different things. Uh, I would say Twitter would be my probably my most news centric social media platform. 
uh, Facebook I tended to use, but not quite in the same way. And, and LinkedIn, I kind of business way. But definitely, the, I'm accessible on all those platforms. And we'll have all of those linked in the write-up. Jack, I'd love to have you close out the show. So share some parting wisdom with our Moving Forward listeners. So I would just say that, and I'm sort of repeating a little bit about what I said earlier, but I think you need to stay in the game. I think you need to stay engaged. I think people need to to be involved. I know right now it's difficult with so many media platforms clamoring for your attention and so much going on in the world. I think people at times feel overloaded. I think they feel like they can't take any more news. I feel like at times they're like, I've, you know, I just can't deal with this huge amount of noise. But what you have to be able to do is you have to be able to curate that. You have to be able to go through the different news sources that are out there and curate and pull out the stuff that's important because there's a lot of stuff out there that's important and it's important that people stay engaged, I think. And, and I think one way to do that is, frankly, to be a good curator. I love it. Great, great advice. And what a great way to close out the show. Jack, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today to share some incredible insights into your extraordinary career and some great knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much, Jack. It was my pleasure, John. Thank you. Absolutely. One more time, check it out, Moving Forward listeners, bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week, and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.